We cannot wait to see you all at the Unashamedly You Conference this September 22nd and 23rd. And guess what? We now have a promo code for you podcast listeners. So go grab your conference ticket at unashamedlyyou.com forward slash event. And at checkout, use promo code UYPODCAST for 10% off of any ticket, your inner circle or the access pass. Use promo code UYPODCAST. Come expecting to be enlightened, encouraged, and empowered to live the life that God is calling you to live unashamedly. Hello and welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. Today, we are bringing on a guest that is doing big things for our children. I am so excited about it. She is not just talking about the agenda and the things going on with our world and the woke agenda that's going on, but she's actually doing something about it. And she, along with her husband, they've recently written a book called Male and Female Created He Them. I personally bought it the day it was released on Amazon. I was so excited about this book. It's biblically sound book for our children to learn who they are in Christ. And personally, I want them to know who they are in Christ instead of what's going on in the world around them, and who the world is trying to tell them that they are. So I'm so excited to chat about that today and to have Caitlin Fry joining us. Thank you for joining me on the Unashamedly You podcast. And first, just take a moment and introduce us to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jamie. I'm really excited to discuss the book and talk about just what's going on in the world and for our kiddos. So I'm Caitlin Fry, like Jamie said, And my husband and I are in Anderson, Indiana at Pastor Luke St. Clair's church. We are on staff here at the church. So my husband is the student pastor and we work with our youth on a daily basis. And we are also expecting our first child. So Jameson Parker will be joining us here in a couple of months in November. So very, very excited about that. And I'm sure we'll discuss it, but that has a lot to do with the book that we are talking about today. So We're just thrilled about what God's doing through the book and excited to talk about it with you. Congratulations on your first baby boy. Thank you. That is such an exciting time in your life. I know that you're so excited about that. I'm excited for you guys. So you and your husband recently wrote this book that we're discussing today, and we are all disgusted, obviously, with the woke agenda and the things that are going on. But how did you decide to write a book to fight back on and to push back on this? Has this always been a dream or how did it come about? Sure. So my husband has written one book prior to this, and it was not at all related to a children's book or anything like that. So to say that it was necessarily something we had you know, thought of over the years is, is not necessarily true. Really what happened was over the last several months, as we began to prepare for our son and think about, you know, all of the things that kids need and all the things you pour into your children, we started realizing that there really aren't a lot of resources, especially apostolic resources, 
to teach our children foundational truths. There are, you know, some books out there, some little shows or things like that. But overall, there's not a lot of things directly pushing back against that woke agenda targeted for children. And so when we realize that, one, there's not a lot of resources against it, but two, we also notice how major the agenda of our world, and especially this woke kind of gender-focused agenda, is targeting children in particular. We knew that we had to do something to help push back against that. So that's kind of where the idea started was over the last couple of years, but really the last several months, just noticing, wow, there is a very particular agenda pushing back against children to get this worldly agenda into their their hearts and their minds. And we wanted to just do something to try and combat that. Well, you're definitely doing that through this book. I was very impressed with the literature, the way that the pages read. My kids loved it. I have an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 4-year-old, and they all loved this book. Just let's chat a little bit about what's going on in our world today and the agenda that they're pushing down our kids' throats. Like you said, there's not a lot of apostolic, doctrinally sound children's books that are pushing back against this. And I, for one, honestly believe, and our pastors actually recently mentioned, someone needs to write children's books over the pulpit because they're writing the books. They're getting their agenda out there. It's time Mm -hmm. for us to stand up and get our agenda out there. And I know you as now a mom of a little boy that's coming soon and me as a mom of three, I'm ready to push back. Like we, we have to do more than just sitting around talking about it. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can't just isolate our kids. It's one thing to keep them in our home, but we also need the resources in our homes to, to pour into them because as soon as they have to step outside, you know, into the world and navigate the world around them, they are going to be bombarded with it. And so if we have resources like books and things, things of that nature to pour into them, it gives us something to, to, you know, tangibly combat those things with. So Whenever we, Jordan had started, and I'm, I'm going to pause here and let everybody know that thankfully and kindly, I get a lot of credit for helping in the book, but I will say this is mostly of Jordan's efforts and he did such an incredible job on it. I like to say I was kind of the project supervisor, but he did all of the writing and, you know, managed all the artwork and things. And we can talk about that a little bit too, because that's been a huge question of where did the artwork come from? So, and that's an interesting kind of side story, but he definitely did most of the writing on this. And then we went back and forth from my perspective and thinking kind of from a child's perspective of what, what kind of edits needed to happen and things. But all that to say, the book is here. And where the idea kind of came from was we were talking about Jameson coming and talking about what we wanted to kind of have in our library for him and things like that. And at the same time, we were gearing up for the month of June, which in our world has been reclaimed, you know, so to say, as Pride Month and things like that. And so things were starting to come out on social media. And of course, they just go crazy during the month of June and things start getting popping up and all of that. So we were going into the month of June and Jordan had started getting this video popping up in his social media feed just over and over and over again. And it appeared to be a child's cartoon. 
And he was like, I don't know what this is, but, you know, as you're preparing for kids, your Instagram learns what you're looking at, baby clothes and toys and all of that. And so he kept getting this child's show popping up in his feed. And it was called Transformers, which we've heard of that, the, you know, Bumblebee and all of that, the the mechanical things. But he said this was heavily focused on the trans aspect. And so it was kind of a recreation of a of a child's show. And the transformer on there said something to the effect of like non-binary, like what a wonderful way to describe this feeling of what I've always thought I was. And it kind of just shook us to our core because we realized, okay, not only are they putting this agenda out there, but they are putting this agenda out there specifically targeting our children. And I think in the back of our mind, we kind of knew like that is the enemy's plan to target our children because they are the next generation. But whenever we saw that that video, we realized, no, they're being very, very intentional about targeting our children with whether it be these shows or these books. I mean, you can walk into the store and see just a lineup of children's books that are focused on this non-binary idea and you can be whatever you want. And so rather than just sit back and say, okay, well, we're going to have to just teach them the word, you know, and hope that it's enough, we decided, okay, we are going to do that and we're going to put a resource out there that parents can use to teach these foundational truths to their kiddos in a way that kids can understand. And that's why, you know, the book is very simple. You have kids, you know, ranging in age, and we've had a lot of feedback that it's great for this young age of even just babies that it's being read to them all the way up to, you know, 12 years old that is reading it themselves. So yeah, we we just really wanted to to do something to intentionally push back because the world is being very intentional and we believe that the church and us as parents has to be too. Another thing I was thinking about whenever you were talking about this book, I'll be honest, I've seen different books and you know, they'll put them on Instagram and they'll show you. I have a friend of mine that went to our local library and she was showing pages on a book in the children's section. She said it was just on the floor and she just picked it up thinking like, what is this? And it was talking about, you know, grandma. It was using it as like a grandmother speaking to the kids saying, you know, you can be what you want to be. You can have these feelings, all these things in this book. And I have often thought like, I need to be really careful with what my kids pick up, worrying that when they go to the library, they're going to pick up something they're not supposed to see, or they're going to go out and they're going to see something they're not supposed to see. But when you were just discussing this book, another thought that came to me is, what if a kid gets a hold of this book that hasn't yeah. been taught the truth? What if a child that is feeling that pull of, am I non-binary? Am I trans? Am I having these feelings for the same sex? And then they look at your book and they're like, no, yeah. like this isn't right. This is this book is what is true. God created mm -hmm. me to be who I am and God created a female for me or God created, you yes. know, the opposite sex for me. And so I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, this book can get in their hands as well. It's not just for yeah. our kids, but it may be the saving grace for another child Absolutely. that's feeling this. Yeah. And that is, 
that is the prayer. You know, one of our big focuses has been, and, you know, while we're grateful for every apostolic family and Pentecostal family, Christian family that has bought the book, and that has been the primary audience thus far, because that's the circles, you know, that we have influence in and have connections in. While we're super grateful for for all of that, our goal is to start expanding this book beyond those circles and getting it into the hands of, you know, whether it be other denominational groups or just people who are just curious about what we say, you know, truth is. Because I think there are people searching for truth. And in fact, I would rephrase that and say, I know that people are searching and they're hungry for truth because everything that this world is pushing is confusing. It's not, you know, easy to digest. It's because it doesn't make sense. It's not God's original plan. And so we are actively trying right now to get this into the hands of some other big, whether it be pages or big companies, things like that, to start pushing this out of just this apostolic circle into the hands of people who can get it to kids and families that maybe wouldn't ever see a resource like this otherwise. And that has been our big goal. And it's kind of where we're shifting our focus to now with marketing and advertising and things like that. So if you need something to help us pray about, that's absolutely a worthy prayer because it is way harder um, than we would have ever imagined to get it into some of those circles. But we believe God's going to help us to do that. But I absolutely agree. If even one child or one family could get this into their hands and begin to question like, wait, maybe what the world is telling us isn't isn't true, then it's worth it. You know, it's worth all the effort that it took to to create it and get it out there. For sure. So talking about creating it and getting it out there, let's talk a little bit about that. You said you have a story about the illustrations and the pictures inside. And tell us a little bit about creating the book, because there's no doubt that there is someone else listening to this that is feeling the same calling. And they're like, I have something that I would like to write or a story that I would like to get out there as well. And we need as many apostolic parents and young people as we can get on board that is sharing this message and that is getting more and more stuff out there. First of all, just because I think their woke agenda is so loud and so obnoxious and they're shoving it down our throats so much. Honestly, there is maybe even a fear that comes with doing something like this. But let's talk about how you got it started. Yeah. And before I forget, I'm going to pause and and jump back on, on the previous question because there was something I wanted to say that I forgot. Yeah. Actually, two things. We have this joke that we kind of say it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but we we talk about people ask, have we got a lot of flack? Have we got a lot of pushback because the world is, you know, pushing their agenda? And obviously we've used media and things to market this, trying to get it into the hands of people who aren't apostolic, who aren't Christian. And so obviously there is maybe a little bit of an expectation that we get some pushback from it. And my husband likes to joke and and says, you know, We've got a few comments here and there and things like that that are negative or in a in a more negative light, but we really haven't had anything major. And he he laughs and says, we haven't had any death threats yet. And that just means that our audience isn't big enough. So it it hasn't expanded so far yet that we're getting a lot of pushback from the woke side of things or from people in those groups. 
but it just means we have a lot more work to do to get it into the hands of those families and people with those ideologies. So we are actively working on that, excited to see see how it will continue to grow. And another thing you had mentioned, and we were talking about kind of the purpose behind the book and what made us want to write it. And you had talked about how there is this question in all of this children's literature and things of, well, maybe I don't know what I am, or maybe these feelings are normal that, you know, I don't know what I am or who I am. And you were saying you want to instill into your children that they are who God created them to be. And there is a purpose and plan. And that is one of the big goals that I have and have had through my business and through this book is letting our children know that there is a distinct difference between male and female and that that is not a bad thing. I think our world has twisted the idea that to be male or to be female only and to be what God created you to be is a bad thing. And they've made it seem like, oh, if you are a female, like you can be strong too. And you can, you can do everything a man can do and this and that. And, you know, we tell our children that you, you don't have to just have the qualities of one, like you can, you can be everything. And I think we do our kids such an injustice, especially our young ladies, by telling them like, no, you are strong. No, you And while they are inherently, and we know that, there is nothing wrong with saying you are a woman and that is who God created you to be. And as a female, you have distinct qualities that God put into you. And those are good. Those are okay. And one of the big things that we have gotten pushback about in the book, there's a page with the lions. And it says he made the lions both loud and free, a strong he and a gentle she. And we have got the most pushback on this page in the book from all pages, everything else we've said. And it comes from the line that says, a strong he and a gentle she. And we have got many comments from this kind of feminist movement that say, well, gentle isn't all that a woman can be. And how dare you say a woman can't be strong? things of that nature. And we've had to say gentle doesn't equal weak. We never said gentle equals weak. And in fact, the Bible says in First Peter 3, I believe it is, that gentle is a good thing. It's, a, it's an ornament of a woman of God. And so, you know, our goal is to, to let our young kids and our children know that um, the qualities that God gave us that are specific to our genders are a good thing. And more than just pushing back against this woke agenda of like non-binary genders and all of that, it's also just instilling the fact that the the qualities of the specific genders are a good thing and they don't have to be discarded as, you know, something that's that's not ideal in our world. So that's another thing that we've been trying to get into our kids with this book. What God intended for us to be naturally occurs in your kids. So it's just, it's funny to me how parents want to push this certain thing because life throws us all different circumstances. And so there are some women that have been dealt maybe even a hard hand or they don't have a father or protector in their home and they're having to stand up and feel like they're the protector. They start trying to grasp at the things that they really need 
from yeah. the opposite sex in their life. And then they push it onto their kids. Well, you need to be strong and you can do it all on your own and you don't need a man. Yeah. And I've seen that happen over time as well. It's not just about trans and, you know, yeah. gay rights and the pride thing. There's also, like you said, this feminist movement of you don't need a man. You can do it all on your own and don't be a gentle woman. Yeah. And we see that. But with my kids, so my girls were naturally born dramatic and just <laughs> <laughs> they're drama filled and everything is a, is a big deal. But as a mom and as parents, we have to realize, like, this is just part of women yeah. qualities. I right. have these same <laughs> tendencies. And not drama in always a bad way, but like when they get hurt, they're very upset. When they see blood, it's just, you know, falling out wailing. Yeah. My son is totally different. I mean, he he would be sitting in the back seat. It'd be all buckled in, be ready to go somewhere. And he would take his shoes off and just chunk them <laughs> in the car. And I never had one of my girls just throwing their shoes across the car. And he would take stuff and he just throws it off of everything. He's constantly throwing stuff, constantly hitting stuff. He wants to build things. He just wants to do strong things. Yes, yeah. But I'm not used to my girls doing. And if he gets hurt or if he falls down, I have seen a huge cut on his arm before. And I'm like, Ezra, like what happened? Where did you get this cut? He's like, I don't know. Like he didn't even realize yeah. he had a huge cut on his arm and was bleeding. And it's right. just those differences that I'm not teaching that. Right. Those are things that I'm definitely not teaching my girls to fall out crying. I'm like, right. stop, you're going to live. It's okay. Yeah. And I'm not teaching him, don't come and tell me when you've got a cut and you've yeah. got blood coming out of your arm. But it's just these differences automatically. And I watch my girls, they're playing dress up and they get a hold of purses and shoes. And then I watch with my little boy, he's getting a hold of anything of the girls and he's mm -hmm. tearing it up and he's throwing it across the room and he's hurting their baby dolls and yeah. upset, you know, but it's just the differences are born in our children. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're innate. Exactly. And so this feminist movement that's coming up, it's coming personally, I see it as it's coming off of life circumstances that happen. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not always God's plan either. It's not God's plan for you to marry someone that ends up, you know, leaving you or going this or that, you know, mm -hmm. doing something they're not supposed to have done, not being in a godly home, and then you having to be strong and to fend for yourself and then to raise right. your kids that that's how they have to live their life as well. Yeah, yeah. And we, I have seen that even within the church where right. those things come up and those things happen. And yes. The Lord, he's going to help you through everything. And sometimes you have to be strong and you have to do things that you probably wouldn't want to do or it's not in your nature. But let's not come at it as that's exactly how your kid's life has to be. Absolutely. And I think we do our our young ladies such a great disservice when, you know, their whole life we tell them, you know, you, no, you can be strong. You can, you can do everything a man can do. You don't have to depend on a man. You can do it and be independent. And then they grow up and they, you know, get into their adult years and we wonder, well, why are they struggling to, you know, figure out who they are? Why are they struggling to, you know, express the qualities of a godly woman, a Proverbs 31 woman? Why are they, you know, struggling with all of these things when we've told them their whole life, no, you can be everything a man can be. And then we we question, you know, why they struggle with those things. So I think it's so important to get into their hearts that 
the distinct qualities that God intended for us as male and female are good, they are beautiful, and it's it's something to aspire to. And like you said, I love that you said gentleness doesn't equal weak. No. Yeah. It's not that you have to be a weak woman and that you can't have a strong back, that you can't mm-hmm. stand up for things that are right or you can't do things. Right. It's just that. I mean, I would never look at Esther in the Bible and say that she was weak, you know, or the she, Proverbs 31 woman. Absolutely. I mean, whenever you read that, she was a strong. She did way more. We've had someone to speak on the podcast before, and she was talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. And she said, she wears me out. Like people are like, be the Proverbs 31 woman. And she's like, I don't think I can do all that she said to do. Like, I need to pick a couple of those qualities she had. She had them (laughs) all. She did it all, it felt like. Um, Right. But it's not about being a weak woman or about stepping back and not doing anything. Obviously, you know, even with this book, you're stepping out, you're stepping forward, you're going after things. But being gentle and Honestly, it's just that whole headship thing that absolutely is, that people don't is, like to discuss. <laughs> yeah. It's really for this is probably stepping way off out of I my, my my range of this is for your pastor, I'm sure to sure. preach. But at the same time, it's all about that headship. It's all yeah. about that submission and learning how to submit and to walk in the way that God has you to walk. It's a beautiful way mm-hmm. to walk. It's Absolutely. a beautiful thing to do. And the windows of heaven open up and they bless you. And we want that for our children. I yes. want that for my girls. I want them to know there's going to be a man that you're going to have to submit to. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And that is, you know, precisely what we've seen in a lot of these comments that we've gotten back to us. You see women who who don't ascribe to that idea and who don't hold that as truth in their life and it reflects in their comments back to us regarding you know the male and female and the strong he and gentle she you see that reflected and honestly if if anything it just breaks my heart that that is where our world is right now that the idea of submission and the idea of headship that you know we we just touched on is is so disdainful to them because with it does come so many blessings and it is the plan of God. And I think that's the whole, we, we have so many ideas now from this book of other foundational truths that we want to write about and get in kids form because teaching, teaching these things from the ground up from when they're little to, you know, through their childhood years is so important because it keeps us from getting to adult age and young adult age and having you know, bitter, bitter understanding of those principles. And if anything, these comments that we've gotten back has just solidified, like we're doing the right thing and getting these foundational truths into our kids is so, so, so important. So true. And that, that page is probably doing a lot more than just telling them about male and female. You're also putting in them, there is a protector And there is a strong man. And then there is a gentle she. There's a loving, a kind mama instinct. Matt always will tell me, he's like, you're not speaking logically. You're speaking with mama instinct right now. And I'm like, well, mama instinct is overriding all logic at the current moment. (laughs) Yes. And it's that gentle she that those kids need. (laughs) Yeah. We laugh because we say, okay, if you don't want your 
your mama lying here to be gentle, then you just go hand your little newborn to, you know, a group of rough football players and see see how they handle your newborn versus this gentle mama. And then tell me that gentle isn't a good thing. So it's it's definitely been a journey reading through those comments. That's funny. And it is, it's just a part of, it just shows how broken our world is and it can definitely break your heart. But we're raising up apostolic young people that are going after having a apostolic home. And, you know, I'm a generational curse breaker myself, you know, and, and my husband as well. We both thank the Lord. God has worked in my family's life and people know about that. But, and he has put my parents home back together, but later on into way into my adult years and my husband comes from a broken home as well and he has a godly home god has saved his parents on both sides and so yeah. it's been a beautiful thing to watch but we both have went into this knowing like that's not happening to us like we are going to to make sure that that's not what our kids see and that's not what our kids go through Absolutely. and then when you're in that type of home and that type of environment this type of book and that page it's going to make you feel good. You want your kids to read that. So talking about the more ideas that you have for books and things like that, I know there's no doubt someone is surely listening to this and you're like, I've had an idea for a children's book that I want to write as well, or I've wanted to do something to get a book out there. Tell us a little bit about that, about the process. And you said that there was a story along with the literature. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it is so funny that you mentioned that because I'm sure there are people on here listening that have thought, man, it would be that would be a great book or things like that. And since we've released Male and Female, we have had so many apostolic people come to us and say, I've always thought that we needed to write more apostolic children's literature and just I had no clue how to do it. And it it has kind of blown us away at how many people have had ideas and just didn't know how to get them off the ground. So we started writing male and female, or I should say Jordan, started working on male and female. And it's it's one of those things that because he had a previous book that he wrote, it was definitely not a children's book and there were no pictures and it was much longer. But because he had that experience, he had a lot of the publishing knowledge. He had things like ISBNs, all of that technical stuff kind of already sorted out. He knew how to work with KDP, which is who we've published the book through an Amazon affiliate or company. And so he had a lot of that background knowledge and that certainly made the process much smoother for us. But even when you take that aside, tackling a children's book with illustrations and things like that is a whole different ballgame than just a normal book with, you know, only words. So in order to come up with all of the artwork and things like that, people have said, who in the world did you have illustrate this book? And while we would love to say, you know, my pens and path skills did it, that is far from the truth. I do calligraphy and that is all. I'm not a painter, but we actually relied heavily on AI to help us generate the artwork for male and female created he them. And we, it's a whole long process and Jordan can speak to it much better than I can in terms of how all of that works. But basically, he he fed AI kind of the storyline and the structure bits by bits and worked back and forth for hours with it to generate, you know, images that fit the story. 
Now, it took a lot of tweaking. And because he has 10 plus years of graphic design experience, he was able to take what AI gave him and tweak it and composite images and all of that to get the final result. But in large part, AI was very helpful in creating the artwork for the book. It did give us some interesting images throughout the process, as you can imagine, when you're trying to tell a robot essentially, okay, so everything started when God spoke and there was a spark, like what does that look like? And things of that nature. So we got some funny images. We got some very angry looking fish, things that we just had to go back and forth with a ton. And there are still even a few little fun Easter eggs in the book uh, that if you look very closely, you might find just some cute little things that, that we didn't realize were there or weren't there even. So those have been fun. There might be something on the page with lions that's missing that we didn't realize until after it was published. So you'll have quirky little things like that when working with AI. But in large part, that's definitely how we created the artwork and has been kind of our secret weapon throughout this. So neat. That definitely seems like it would be a long, drawn-out process, but it is very cool that that is out there and available. So if you're ready to write your children's book, maybe you need to yeah. start speaking out, <laughs> speaking AI, speaking it into existence. The Bible sure. talks about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, it sounds simple, but there there is a bit of coding knowledge and you almost, you almost interact with AI as you would a coding program. So there's a little bit of a learning curve with that. I'll throw this in here. Jordan might say, I shouldn't have said this, but we are actively working on some things and behind the scenes, some business ideas that will help apostolic individuals or or even just anyone that is interested in pre in creating truth-filled content like this. We are actively working on some endeavors to help you and help you get things off the ground that you may not have the knowledge to do. So stay tuned for that. It's very exciting. And we have, of course, more books in the works. But more than that, we, we're advocates that we need all the apostolic content and godly content that we can get. And so if we can do something and take the knowledge that we have to help more people create that, then we want to. So we're working on things behind the scenes for that as well. That's amazing. Definitely something that's very needed. So with Unashamedly You, we talk about just stepping into your calling unashamedly and going after the things that God is calling you to do, even whenever they're not easy, when you don't understand them, when there's a lot of fears and things that are going on. So stepping into this calling, I know you said your husband was a big part of this, but we all know as wives that we have to be on board and we have to be supporters. <laughs> and you have done that and been that. So whenever he talked about writing this book and going into this, you had to be willing to walk into this calling as well. So talk a little bit about that, being willing to to go after this, because honestly, I can see you said you haven't had a ton of pushback yet, but I can see being a little bit scared to opening this door. And you jokingly said, y'all say about the death threats, but that's a real, a real thought that comes Absolutely. to mind yes. when you think about this, especially they think this is just a small company, just a small book. We could stomp this out super easily. If they got a hold of it, what is what is something that you have went forward and saying, you know what, we're answering the call unashamedly? Yeah. So whenever Jordan started writing this book, 
we actually, we were in a coffee shop just killing some time one day. And I had no idea that he was, he was thinking about writing this at all. He hadn't mentioned it. And we were sitting in that coffee shop. I was actually working on our baby registry, like doing nothing, you know, super, super exciting. I was just over there working and he seemed very focused. And I said, what are you working on, babe? Like, you seem really intent over there. And he said, oh, I'm I'm writing a children's book. And I was like, what? You're doing what? He said, yeah, I have like the first five pages. And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> what are you talking about? And tell me what's going on. And so he he had kind of, I think it was that day, just really felt the Lord just strongly, strongly nudge him that you have to start on this. You have to get started. And so from that moment, while I wasn't doing a lot of the writing or, you know, illustration work or anything like that, I was, I endeavored to be a sounding board over the next couple of weeks. And that's, that's kind of a side note of how long did this actually take? It was much quicker than many would think from start when he very first started working on this to finish. It was about a week and five days. So he started writing and he was able to start publishing in less than two weeks, which I think is a testament to, to so many things. I We really, first and foremost, feel that it was just a God thing. The timing was was there. It was perfect. It was a, a God moment. And, you know, a, a lot of credit goes to the fact that, that he had book publishing experience and design experience that helped the process move along much quicker than it would have otherwise. But from the very get-go, I just strive to be a sounding board and a support more than anything because for that week and five days, there wasn't a lot of sleep on his end. It was a lot of sleepless nights, I would say, kind of just tossing and turning and thinking about the book, thinking about what it was supposed to be and what what purpose it was supposed to serve because it's more than just a picture book. You know, it it had a very particular purpose. And I just strive to try and support him, try to let him bounce all of the ideas, you know, in his head off of me and listen. And I think as as wives and as ladies, but especially as wives, that's a large part of what we do. And, you know, my husband leads our home. He leads our ministry. And so whatever I can do to help him kind of filter through thoughts and filter through ideas and offer my perspective when it when it feels helpful. You know, I want to do that because I do think it takes a team in everything. There were things that, you know, I thought as he was writing, whether it be about illustrations or words, I did the voiceover on our launch video and we joked that, you know, I had my professional voice on. But I had a I tried to have my mom voice on and how I would read it to my children and read it to Jameson. And so there was a lot of times I just sat in the bed late at night when we'd have it pulled up on the computer and I would just read it out loud and say, oh, I think that would, you know, sound better if it were read this way. And so then we'd make some tweaks and things like that. So that was in large part how I helped in the process. And I had never written a book. <laughs> I had never done anything like that. So to step out and be a part of that was a little out of my comfort zone. And especially to be a part. I've had a business and I've had pins and paths for a while. And, you know, I post scriptural content. I post things like that. And so 
there's always this little risk of somebody's not going to like what you're putting out there, especially when it's from a Bible point of view. But with this, and especially launching the book on June 1st, which wasn't actually planned, it just, that's how it happened. I believe it was a God thing. And launching it on June 1st, very obviously counterculture per se did come with risks. And it did make me a little bit nervous at first because we not only launched it on Jordan's social accounts and social pages, but we launched it on my business pages because I have a a wider audience there and the goal is to get it into as many hands as possible. And so there was the thought of, oh, wow, like how will this impact us personally, but also how will this impact the business? Will it be detrimental in any way or will it help or things like that? So there definitely were some risks involved, but I can say that overall God has has blessed more than than anything throughout the process. So it's been really fun for me to be able to be a part of. So I love that you were talking about that you were just willing to put it out there. You know, that's kind of what we have to do in these types of situations. And in times of my life, I've had to throw things out there and like, God, you're opening this door. You're doing all this. This has nothing to do with Jamie, because if I was the one doing this, this would not be working. I don't even know how to have the ideas for this. I don't even know how to do this. But you've opened every door. You've given every thought. And I'm willing to do it. And I'm willing to jump off of this bridge. And I'm just going to expect that there's a life raft at the at the bottom. Absolutely. yeah. And so that's kind of what it sounds like with you guys. You just jumped off and you said, Lord, you're just going to have to be the life raft at the bottom of this. You're going to have to be the one that takes care of us. So how have you seen with Pins and Paths? Has it grown? Like, how have you seen the audience and people take it? So our audience with Pins and Paths is primarily Christian individuals already. So the response has been just wonderful on, on that end of things. And I honestly can't be more grateful for for their response and support because uh, people have supported my business for years now and that's been amazing. But this was totally, you know, out of the element per se to what I normally would share on Pens and Paths pages. And our audience has shown up in full force and been very, very supportive of it. And I think it has also pushed pushed the page to some audiences that were out of my normal reach because the real I wouldn't say it got it went viral by any means, but it did gain quite a bit of traction over the couple of weeks that we had launched it in, in the coming days. So it, if anything, it has got the Pins and Paths page out in front of some new folks, and that has been a good thing. So overall, it's been an overwhelming response. We have been blown away over the last month, really, just at the general response from different pages, different support groups that we have we have found that are willing to push it for us that, you know, we never would have connected with otherwise. And so it's been, it's been really great and God has blessed it tremendously. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for taking time to share with us about this book. I love it. And I love that you are getting it into the hands of so many people, but we want to help you get it into more hands. So how can they find this book? How can someone listening to this purchase it? And Tell us about how we can share it on our social media pages as well to help you. Absolutely. So we are so grateful for you all wanting to help us share it and spread the word. 
there's a few things I would say. First, you can buy the book directly on Amazon. So if you don't have it for your home or for your kiddos, it is on Amazon. Just search male and female created he them. And if you put by Jordan P. Fry, it will it should be the first one that pops up and you can get it on there. It's under $12. So low investment, but high impact. We have had several, several people and churches say that these make great baby birthday gifts, first birthdays, but also great baby dedication gifts. So if you are a pastor's wife or in you know involved in in that process at your church for baby dedications, we have had tons of people order them in bulk as baby dedication gifts for their church. So that is something to consider as well. Kind of an out of the box idea, but we so you can order on Amazon for just individual copies. They're under $12. We also are more than happy to give you bulk pricing. So if you want to order for dedications or things like that, or for your church bookstore, any any of those types of things, feel free to reach out to us via email or via our social pages at Jordan P. Fry or at Pens and Paths. And we would be happy to give you bulk pricing on that. It still helps us tremendously, but also gives you a little bit of a cut. So, and then as far as sharing the book, Word of mouth has been incredible, and I think that's always the best marketing tool, just sharing with your friends, with your family, with other moms and things of that nature. But the reel that we shared on launch day on June 1st is still on our pages. It is pinned at the very top. So that actually is a full voiceover read-through of the book. So if you're not sure what the book is yet, you haven't seen it by any chance, you can go there and see a read through of it. It's been kind of cute because some parents have actually told us that in place of their reading, like before bed, whatever storybook they would read, they have shown that video. So that has been fun. And so you can find that there. And it helps us tremendously if you just hit the little airplane button and share that to your stories or in messages with people that helps us continue to get the word out. And that video is still circulating over a month later now. So we are super grateful for every share on that. Um, and it is probably the best way to to help us just continue to get the word out. So let us know if there's anything else we can do for you to help get it into more hands. We are more than happy to do whatever we can. Incredible. I love that. And I am excited about this book, about this opportunity. But someone that's listening to this right now and they want to go after something that God is calling them to do, and they're a little fearful, or maybe they're just not sure how to get started. What is a piece of advice, or what is one last thing that you would leave with the Unashamedly You community today? I would say just go for it, knowing that whatever God has put in your heart to do, He will make a way for you to do it, but it will require some work on your end. So don't be afraid of the hard work. Don't be afraid to just put in the effort and know that wherever your shortcomings might be, because we all have them, wherever you feel that you're lacking, God will step in and provide ways to help you kind of overcome those shortcomings to make whatever it is that he's put in your heart happen. And he will bless it. And if it is to intended to further his kingdom, it will flourish in one way or the other. So just don't be fearful to do it. And I think the other thing would be just Whatever God calls you to do will require a measure of faith. And I don't think it's faith without being a little bit scared to tackle it. So just know that God will go with you and he'll help you make it happen. 
Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for being on here with us today and sharing about this book. We're excited about it. We're going to share it. We're going to buy it and we're going to support it. We hope you have a great day. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jamie. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Unashamedly You podcast. As always, we ask if this podcast has blessed you in any way, please go share it on your social media page and tag us. Go leave us a review and subscribe so that you get the notification every Friday when a new episode releases. Thank you so much for your constant love and support in this space. Now go be Unashamedly You. Thank you.